guys are loud when you want to be. That's good. It's very encouraging to the speaker. <laughs> you being uh, participatory, that's actually a word, by the way. Got that from Trapped in Paradise. It's a Christmas movie. You never know where I'll steal things from. But anyway, you guys sound great this morning, look great. Everybody doing great? All right. Because I'm about to ruin your day, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my reputation, but don't believe it. You know, there's only really one way to lose weight. You know, it's January 14th. Say the 14th. Somebody shout yes. Okay. I know. Somebody, I know you're afraid to answer in the church. But you can't answer that question. If I say, is it the 14th? You can say no. You can say yes. It's all right. I don't blame you. I would never amen anything around here until it's like cleared, you know, cleared for takeoff. I wouldn't necessarily do that because a lot of times you'll, because we, we, we've been taught to amen a lot of religious things that are actually wrong. You know? Amen. You know? There you go. So we, we amen stuff, you know? Everything happens for a reason. Amen! Not true. Not the Bible. But we've been taught a lot of times to, to amen things that aren't true. But anyway, there's only one way to lose weight. And this, the reason why I'm telling you this is that there's only, way, there's only one way to receive the miraculous now. And some of you might be thinking, oh, I don't need the miraculous right now. Life is good. Well, somebody around you might need it. And if you're not praying correctly, there's gonna come a time when you might need it. So you're gonna need the miraculous now, at some point in your life, either for you or for somebody else. So you need to be training, you need to get in the weight room, the spiritual weight room. Faith without works is? So you need to get in there, otherwise your faith is? It's dead. And most Christians, their faith is dead. They've, all they've done is they've like, pickaxed, like if you have, if this is hell down here, they pickaxe their way to the side of the mountain, boom, and they're just holding on until the rapture come. That's all they're doing. They're not saving anybody else. They're not healing anybody else. They're not pulling people out of financial bondage. They're not contributing. They're not paying people's mortgages for them, and with the Biden economy, we're gonna need to. They're not doing any of those things. They're just holding on until the rapture comes or until they're dead. And that's why nobody wants Christianity because he's the God that's great once you're dead and just hang on. Who wants to just hang on? But that's how most of us live, if we're honest, when it comes to Christianity. In other areas of our life, we're pressing, we're trying, we're training. See how quiet it gets in here? See, I told you I'll ruin your day. We're pressing, we're trying, we're training, we're putting in applications for new jobs. We're trying to save money. We're trying to accomplish things, but not spiritually. And everything else is gonna burn up. Everything, everything that you see right now is gonna burn up. The body that you have right now is gonna burn up. You'll get a new glorified body, but everything you see is gonna burn. And we, we work and we strive and we sweat and blood, sweat and tears for things that will not even be here for eternity. And we leave behind the things that are going to be, like souls. You can't be a pickaxe Christian 
and win souls. Nobody, who's gonna say, boy, I want what that person has. They're barely hanging on. Who wants, who wants what somebody has and what they have is barely hanging on? And, and, and a lot of times, that's, that, those are the Christian songs. That's what I mean by we, we amen things that are not true. The Christian songs, most Christian songs you hear playing on W bleepity bleep bleep bleep. It's, I don't listen to it. It's depressing. I mean, it's, I, don't even know the, I don't even know the songs anymore because I don't listen to it. I listen to praise and worship stuff. I listen to selective songs that are actually edifying. Now, the other songs are edifying for your carnality. If you like to feel sorry for yourself, they're fantastic. I'm just a mess. I'm just barely hanging on. Thank God. God's helping me to hang on. I'm an addict. I'm depressed. I'm full of anxiety. And God's just helping me to hang in there. It's not what God wants. God wants you to be victorious. Now, not later, now, you shouldn't walk out of this church today with sickness, illness, disease, infirmity, sadness, depression, anxiety, nothing, you shouldn't walk out of it. God wants to deliver you now. Now, but you're gonna have to go through the process. You have to go through the process to make the instant no longer a process. But will you? See, there's only one way, you thought I forgot, but I didn't. There's only one way to receive the power, the power to operate in the instant. You have to be fully convinced and you have to be all in. All in. Christianity can't be an accent to your life. Most people, it's an accent. I'm not saying you're going to hell, but it's an accent to your life. You really are the center focus and Jesus is used to propagate the central focus. This is my plans, Lord bless them. I've been around Christianity, so that's why I say that I wasted 50 out of 55. I'm 55. I wasted a lot of years because I was the center focus. And Lord help me, Lord bless this, Lord give me that. And I make all sorts of requests and you should make requests unto the Lord. He is your heavenly father and he wants to bless you. He wants to give you all that you desire, he does but he should be the focus of everything. Amen. But a lot of times we are. We're really, we don't receive Jesus as Lord. We receive Jesus as Savior. A lot of the times. And I'm not talking about necessarily heaven and hell. For a lot of Christians, it is heaven and hell. Well, quote, unquote, Christians. They don't receive Jesus as Lord anymore. They receive Jesus as Savior only. And a lot of Christians are gonna burn in hell for all of eternity because he's not Lord. They're still living in sin. Oh, that sounds like a works-based gospel. I'm all about grace. You're all about a false gospel. You don't read the Bible. If you deliberately keep on sinning after you have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You want to be part of the consumption of the enemies of God? Uh, no thanks. So I'm not going to deliberately keep on sinning after a, a fresh start, new beginning altar call. You see what I'm saying? You know, like, Tom, listen, I know that I evacuate the building. I look, I look at the face, like, like I always tell you, I really can't see the first three rows. I'm not ignoring you guys, but it's too hard for me to crank my neck down and look at you. But I'm looking at everybody else, and I monitor facial expressions. And I see how the Bible lands. If I don't land well, I'm not worried about it. But when the Bible doesn't land well on Christians, 
That's like the Constitution not landing well on Americans. And by the way, it doesn't. Thank you. So if you want to receive the power to operate in the instant, you have somebody who comes up to you in your neighborhood, you're out doing your walk, and they come up and tell you, I just got diagnosed with this. And you say to them, you look them in the eye and say, not for long. Boom, and they're healed. Maybe they're on the ground because of the power of God flowing through you. But you're going to have to train to get that. I I really want to be like these powerful men and women of God. Well, what did they do? Did you ever ask what they did? Did you ever read their books? That's way different than the life that most of us have led, including me. 50 out of 55. One more time. 50 out of 55. Call it the 555 plan. It's like losing the same 40 pounds 40 times. It's called the 40-40. If you want to lose weight, there's only one way to do it. So if you want to operate in the miraculous, you got to be all in and fully convinced. You, got, you have to be fully convinced. You have to look like a fool to people. Foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. 1 Corinthians 1.25. If you're wise in your own eyes, you ought to become a fool. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 17. Or actually, it's 1 Corinthians 3.18. If you're wise in your own eyes, according, according to the measurement of this world, you ought to become a fool. So then you can become wise. People will think you're a nut. I remember being on the airplane. I was on an airplane. You know, I know how much I hate to fly. But anyway, I'm on, the airplane. I'm on an airplane. And I'm sitting there reading my Bible cards. I'm doing, I, you're like, Tom, how did you get what you got? Installing the word. Work. Works. There's all, I've run into all kinds of men. You know, men that I know, because that's who I'm hanging around with, but I run into all kinds of men. They kill for, kill for what I have. They love to preach in front of people. All right, we'll put the work in. No, all right, good luck then. Have fun, you'll get nothing. Why, because God honors your work? No, he honors that you're melting unbelief through your work. He's already given you a ministry. If you're called to be a pastor, he's already given you a ministry of thousands. You can be like me, and you can waste all those years and stay at 200. Go to 150, go to 250, back to 150, back to 175, back to, and you think you're growing the whole time because you're delusional. You can live like that if you want to, or you can break through. You're gonna be, if you're going to break through, then you're going to have to do new things. Otherwise, you're operating in insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting revival. Revival's coming. When? How? You're doing the same thing you've always done. We're bringing in the revivalist. Okay, yeah, what did, that, what did that do? Some of you, you were raised in church. Every year, bring in the revivalist, and nobody gets revived. They all act revived. Nothing changes. Nobody wins the loss. No cancer, no tumors being melted, nothing. You got to be honest with yourself. See, this is, this is real church. This is as if we invite, not me, I'm not equating myself with Jesus, but if we invited Jesus in here, most Christians leave. Jesus would not qualify to be pastor of most churches. The board would vote him out. Look at me, look at me. Knowing he's Jesus. Well, we know that you're Jesus, but, you know, we don't think you're Christ-like. Because 
because they operate under their Pharisaic love concept. All accommodating and all tolerating and never saying anything that works a nerve. You better be working nerves or people are gonna die and go straight to hell and you as a pastor are gonna be held accountable. James chapter three, verse one. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach, we judge more strictly. You ain't gotta worry about, I don't gotta worry about that. I say anything and everything without hesitation. What? And you're, you're like, oh, that's, that's, his, that's his shtick. It's not my shtick. I, listen, you know what my motivation is? This is? I'm gonna be honest with you. You want me to be honest with you? All right, I'll be honest with you, because usually I just lie to you throughout the whole message. No, I'll be honest with you. The reason why I do what I do is the exact same reason why I didn't watch TV shows with my kids. Like a lot of you, you sat down and you do these horrendously boring things with your kids. And listen, you're a better parent than me. Now, you know, you're, you're suffering. You sit there and you watch, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine and whatever. I can't even say these shows anymore because they've gone so woke that they're all got rainbow flags and transgender dancers. But anyway, I'm not kidding you, Blue's Clues, you ever see that now, gone. My kids watched that when they were little. I wouldn't do any of those things, why? Because it was boring. So I'd just drag them out with me to do whatever I wanted to do. And you're like, well how'd that work? We're good, they're both saved. They both don't hate, they both don't hate God and hate the church. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, we, I didn't drag them and, and make them watch Bible Man or whatever his name was. And I'm, I didn't do any of those things. It wasn't religious. Whenever I was a hypocrite, I would never live in hypocrisy. I would go to them and confess my hypocrisy, confess my sin and say I was wrong. Whatever it is, it's just full transparency. But the thing is, I didn't, I didn't go do a lot of boring things with my kids. I didn't <clears throat> sign them up for 40 different things and then go to their events. You know why? Look at me now, I don't want to. I don't wanna go. I don't, I don't want to go and watch you and eight other seven-year-olds play flutes. Or whatever, I always, I always offend the flute players because it's the Bible verse where Jesus cleared out the flute players and the criers. No offense, and then people come up to me, you know I play the flute. It's not, I'm not, listen, you can get up, Get, a, get an appointment with Aaron and try out for the band. You're perfectly welcome to play the flute in the band. If you're good enough. If you suck, you're not playing. I'm sorry. So, sorry. That's the way it is. But, but I'm not trying, I'm not, but I'm, I don't want to go do that. I, I, don't, I don't want to go to, here's my daughter's dance practice. And okay, she no longer likes dance. So now she's in gymnastics. She no longer likes gymnastics. So now she's into the thing that they, they ribbon spinning that they go down, I'm like, no, I don't wanna go. I was busy, by the way, 13 straight years of church and law enforcement. I didn't have a weekend for 13 years, none. I don't wanna go to the ribbon thing. <laughs> and I'm not going. You want me to go? Get in a Cajun fight, I'll go to that. Sing like Norma sings. I'll go, I'll go see that. I'll do that. I'll go watch it. I'll do that. I'll do what I want to do. And this is the reason why I preach the way that I preach is I'm bored otherwise. I don't know how people attend church at the churches they attend. I mean, I'm serious. Without, with, with the exceptions of the names that I use here all the time, I don't know how people, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, I couldn't attend a church in Sarasota County. 
I couldn't attend a church in Charlotte County. You're like, Tom, you're going to make all these pastors mad. They hate me already. I don't care. (laughs) Just because they're a bunch of geldings. Strapped on masks, put their first mask on. Then they put their second mask on. Then they put the N95s. Then they pimped and hoard seven vaccinations. You know, no thank you. I don't don't need you to like me. Um, We're good. We're good. Your opinion means absolutely nothing. They're boring. I'm talking about boring. I don't know how they attend there. You see, for me, I got to walk into a place and be a little bit scared, a little nervous, a little, little bit nervous. I like that feeling. I want to be challenged, if needed, throttled so that I wake up. That's why I preach the way I preach. I'll be bored otherwise. That's it. I can't claim great parenting because I really parented to avoid boredom. So I parented for me. That's terrible. Maybe I should have parented for my kids. I don't know, but I parented really for me. There's only one way to become great. You gotta be all in. You gotta be fully convinced. You're gonna have to become a fool to people. You have to look them in the eye and say, you know, you're sick, not for long. And like, oh, you know, look at some, some people who are receptive. They've been, they've been, they've been watching Andrew Walmack. They watch Rodney Howard Brown. They watch Jonathan Settlesworth. They watch Jesse DePlants. They're like, they're like, oh, okay, great. I'll receive it. But most people, they're like, they look at you with a blank stare because they want you to counsel them. Let me, let me tell you how to make it through this. I'm not gonna teach you how to make it through. We're gonna remove it. Jesus didn't say, speak to the mountain so that you can live with it. He said to cast it into the sea. Be thou removed, not move in with me. Some of you feel that way about your mother-in-laws. <laughs> Be thou removed, not move in with me. Remove, not move. Remove, not move. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Claps. That's great. Hey, if you clap like that in front of your wife, hey, I love you. You're not afraid of your wife. You're the exception to the rule. You're a Christian man who's not afraid of their wife. Most Christian men are afraid of their wives. I'm like, why? Listen, don't you remember the playground? Don't you remember the playground? Okay, they don't do playgrounds anymore. Everybody sits at home and scrolls. But back in the day, there's girls and boys. We weren't afraid of girls. We love girls. Love them. I, I, lo- I love the company of women. I actually prefer to work with women because they're more reliable. They call you back. You know? I mean, they do. I mean, again, there's very reliable men in this place that I work with. I'm just telling you that women are easier to work with. So I love them, but I ain't scared of no woman now. Unless she's got a 45 caliber pointed at my skull. I won't be scared of her then. Other than that, no. No. And I'm like, what are you really, what's she going to do to you? This has nothing to do with the message. It's already 11, 19. I'm wasting all this time. I haven't even started the message yet. I've wasted 19 minutes so far. 19 minutes. What's she going to do to you? What's she going to do? You ever ask? You're so scared of your wife. You're like, Tom, why do you talk about this all the time? Because I'm so sick of geldings. It's like a bunch of geldings. Listen, just because you can beat me up, because some of you are thinking, well, I could beat you up. You probably can. You better be better than average. But you probably can. But it doesn't mean, just because you beat me up in the parking lot, you're still going to go home and be scared of your wife. (laughs) So what does it matter? 
you're still out in the gelding pasture. They lined you up at some point in your life and clipped you, and you didn't even know it. You're out there prancing around. You shouldn't be prancing as a dude. No prancing. And listen, you're probably thinking, well, you're married to a shrinking violet. Do you know who I'm married to? Do you know the tornado that I'm married to? Do you know her? Hope doesn't take crap from anybody. But the thing is, either do I. And there's many times where I just look at her like, you better knock it off. It's love, honor, and obey. You know what she does? Because she's a godly woman who... Ephesians 5.22, not popular preaching, I just, I'm losing seven, eight families right now. <laughs> wives, submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wife, sister Christ also love the church. There's your obligations, and then the verse that precedes it, submitting to one another. There's times where there is applicable submission. If your wife's right, then submit to it. If she tells you that you're an idiot, and there's other confirming witnesses that tell you that? She's right. And all the fruit says that you're an idiot? Submit to what she's saying. Did I just try to deliver men to become men again? A lot of guys, guys wanna get married, and I'm like, well, be a man. Well, that's not attractive. Believe me, it is. And I'll tell you this, and I'll get off of this. Because remember the dichotomy of women. Remember this. Women will propel you to be what they want you to be, hoping the entire time that you defy them. You're like, men, men are like, that doesn't make any sense. I know, that's women. <laughs> that's who they are compel you. They're trying to make your marriage a lesbian relationship. <laughs> Turn you into a woman. But the entire time, hoping, subcon they don't even know it, subconsciously that you man up and you, and you fight against that, your transformation into a lesbian. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how they are. Listen, I know, I, I told you this a thousand times. Men will go to hell for lust. The next bikini magazine, the porn, whatever else, we know why men will go to hell. Pornhub gets billions of views. We know why men are going. You know, all you gotta do is trot by a scantily clad woman and all the men are, you know, doesn't matter. You know, they don't have to be that attractive. Men are, oh yeah, we're just, so you gotta get saved to get out. But why women go to hell? I don't know. Just as many of them go to hell as men. But they, that's their own. I don't know what's going on there. Hope communicates on a level I don't understand. Not because it's above me. It's just, it's like a foreign language. And I'm like, what are you even? I, I, I don't know how many times I tell, tell her this while we're talking. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Because she skips vast chunks of information. And she constantly rolls over pronouns. So it's he, he. I'm like, who was the he you're referring to? Because you just said seven dudes. And now you're using the word he. But she gets it. And like Heather gets it. She and Heather talk and they get it. 
I don't understand a word of what's going on. I'm lost. And I just, we're driving down the road. I'm like, okay, I'm lost. Just go all the way back to the beginning. And it takes her off, but I'm like, hey. If you ever want to lose weight, there's only one way. There's only one way. You got to lower your caloric intake and jettison sugar. Otherwise, you're going to stay fat. Believe me, I know. Fat people know. I, listen, I can, I'll spot every person who's losing weight in this church today. If I see you at the door, I'll know whether you lost weight or not. Uh, how, many, how many of you just, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but how many of you have I said something to a door about losing weight? Shout. Go amen. Amen. There you go. Right, because I'll know. Fat people recognize other fat people losing weight. <laughs> it's like I always know what time it is. You know why? Because I'm always late and I'm a procrastinator. So I always know what time it is. I've set my watches three minutes ahead, five minutes ahead. So I, always, I can tell you what time it is almost any time of the day. Somebody challenged me this week to say, how much do I weigh? And I'm like, I can tell what you weigh. I'll be with it. And, and he was, I, I guessed, I think, 100 and, I was within 10 pounds. And this is a six foot two dude. I was within 10 pounds. Because, you know, fat people recognize fat. If you want to lose weight, there's only one way. This is what the message is about. I'm saying there's one way to the miraculous, and that's being all in and fully convinced. That's no difference with losing weight. You're either gonna eat less calories and get rid of sugar, you're gonna stay fat. You're either gonna be all in or fully convinced you're never gonna operate in the miraculous. Not because God hasn't given you the ability, it's just you haven't un uncovered it. You haven't unwrapped it. You got, God does not respond to your actions. He doesn't go, well, you know what? I'm so pleased that you're putting in so much effort, so now, no, it's all, God's already given you, given you everything. You have to melt the ice wall of unbelief. Amen. What melts the ice wall of unbelief is the heat that's created by prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, every day. Amen. Every day. I never don't pray, ever. I pray every day for large amounts of time I speak, I just walk down the road speaking in tongues. People see me drive by, I'm just speaking in tongues. I told you earlier, I was on the plane and I'm reading, I'm going through my Bible cards. I've got stacks of Bible cards and the pastors are like, you look like a fool. But what did it do? They asked, what exactly are you doing? Strangers. And I'm, I don't know if it was a ski trip or something that we were on and I was going with you know, another family or whatever. And nobody else, everyone else is watching movies. I'm witnessing. And what do you think about this? Well, this is what the Bible says. I mean, they, you think about how, how dumb these people were. They're asking me questions. <laughs> I'm actually quite sweet, believe it or not. In my own eyes. <laughs> I'm really a good tactical witnesser. I really am. But, you know, if you're living with your girlfriend or you're gay or something, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hell. I've sexually sinned. I'm not, I'm not judging you in that capacity. I'm, I'm judging you according to the word of God. It's the word of God says. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging you according to my faultlessness. I'm judging you according to the faultlessness of the word, i.e. Jesus. You have to be fully convinced, which means fully expectant like a fool. You, you have to be like, people are like, it's flu season. It's JN1 season now. The new variant, JN1, which mysteriously causes all the same things as the vaccine side effects. 
the new COVID variant gives you all of the same side effects as the vaccine. It's weird how that's sort of covering for things, isn't it? This is, this is the COVID that gives you heart problems. <laughs> Suddenly. Amazing, isn't it? So it's JN1 season now. It's flu season. And will you be so fully expected and all in that you bow to nothing? Listen, look at me now. Look at me. I'm bowing to nothing. Nothing. They might or they may not come at us again. I'm not closing. They just mean the Fouch, the Lawn Dwarf, the Garden Gnome. Garden Gnome Hitler, Anthony Fauci, just had to, just had to, because he's under oath, had to confess to the Congress what I've been telling you over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. Almost four years. Four years of 50, yeah. Just two months shy of four years of 15 days to flatten the curve. He just had to confess before Congress what I've been telling you because it was made up by Scott Gottlieb, who's now on the Pfizer board. Doctor, Dr. Scott Gottlieb. They just made up arbitrarily six foot distancing. And I said, you know what? No problem that you made it up, but where's the apology for the Nazi-like enforcement of it? As if it's the science. You know, like Tom, this is politics, and it's not politics, it's bold-faced antichrist lying. So the church ought to address it. So you know what we do? We address it. Because they can come at me with JN1, JN57, whatever they want. I don't care. You know what I'm going to tell them. What am I going to tell them? What am I going to tell them? I'm going to tell them to do what? Spin it sideways and jam it up your own caboose over and over and over and over and over again. You just make it up out of thin air and come in like the Gestapo and enforce it. Standing there at some line in public, they got the arrows pointing in the right directions, like we're a bunch of idiots. Cram it. I'm not here to be controlled by you. You can't even control your own life. These people can't even stay married. They butcher the unborn, and I'm gonna take marching orders from them? Don't think so. You have to be all in. Let me tell you, give you some vocational principles to be all in. Let's go to Luke chapter nine, verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, now here's the thing. When Jesus says something, I think the Christian ought to listen. If you're a follower of Jesus. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. That's backed up in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, which I'm gonna go over this in a minute, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, right? Look at me now. You have to be all in and forgetting the past. Now, we amen that. And I even know the people who are amening. I, can, I, can, I know Charlie when he's amening and when Pete's amening. I can tell, you know, we amen these things. And we should because it's correct. That's amen, so be it. Forget the past. But the problem is, is that we don't apply it correctly. 
Because it doesn't say forget the bad past. What does it say? It says forget the, the past. Look at me, all of it. The past in church circles usually deals with negative past. I used to be this and I used to be that. And by the way, everyone only keeps talking about it. We, we form Bible studies based on failure. This is an addiction Bible study. For those of us struggling with addiction, you shouldn't be. You ever listen to people who are genuinely delivered? Like a Jesse Duplantis, who said they said he was gonna be dead by the time he's 25 because of alcohol consumption. Man, you know how much alcohol you have to consume to be dead by the time you're 25? And people came up to him and said, Jesse, now you can't be around people who are drinking because of your past struggles. And he goes, I thought by his stripes I was healed. I thought that thanks be unto God that always causes me to triumph in Christ. So why in the world can't I be around it if I'm genuinely delivered? Now listen, some of you, you can't be around it. But you ought to get to the place where you can be. I mean, think about it. If you were an alcoholic as a law enforcement officer, you're going to go in and break, a bar, break up a bar fight, are they going to find you drunk on the floor because you can't handle it? Listen, I got a call, and all of my whole squad made fun of me about it because everybody at the sheriff's office knew who I was. Not who I was like, that's Tom Light, but I was, I was, I was not, I didn't, I didn't have this glorious career or anything like that. But everyone knew I was a believer. Most people knew I was pastor in a church. The people around me I'm talking about, not like the entire sheriff's office. So we got dispatched. I'm trying to remember the name of the the porn store. You, nobody's going to know it now. <laughs> XTC. That's what it was. In Venice. The one like near the bypass in Venice. This is before like the proliferation of online porn. So people had to go humiliate themselves and actually go rent videos. Remember that? So and I know every guy's in here is like crawling now trying to get under their seat. I've never, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I've never been. A, yeah, okay. Right. Um, so they got robbed one night, and my whole squad was laughing because you're a shift supervisor, you gotta respond to an armed robbery. So they're all making fun of me, like, you gotta go into the porn store, Tom. <laughs> Pastor of Foundation Church, walking into XTC. <laughs> so I walked in there, there's naked bodies everywhere. All over the wall. I don't mean naked bodies, literally. I'm talking about on the wall. <laughs> everything, naked everything. Naked this, naked that. And I'm not just talking naked. I'm talking about doing stuff while you're naked. <laughs> All kinds of stuff from all kinds of angles. But anyway, so I walk in there, and I just said, there's the victim. And I just, blinders. Yeah, I can walk in there. I can. I'm delivered. I have the power of the Holy Ghost. So what you're supposed to do is forget the past. Move on from the past, not embrace it. Don't have Bible studies uh, celebrating it. I hear Christians, their entire testimony is when they first got saved. And that's their testimony for 60 years. I used to be a drug addict. What, what about all your accomplishments since you were saved? Oh, there weren't any. So there's nothing to talk about. Your testimony should be, I got saved, I moved on in ministry, and as I moved on in ministry, the, the dead were raised, the blind could see, many were saved, many were supplied, I paid off this house for this person, this house for that person, because I'm so gosh darn wealthy. Well, wealth isn't a Christian principle. You don't read the Bible. You don't read the Bible. 
He's the God who gave you power to gain wealth. How do you run away from that verse? It's amazing to me. But you have to forget the past. And now most Christians, the past, they focus on the negative and they say you forget the negative past while simultaneously not forgetting the negative past. But what they don't focus on is their delusional positive past. You ever talk to guys who really their life ended their senior year in high school? Have you? Do you ever talk to people like that? <laughs> that was it for them. I mean, they're still hearkening back. They're come to the local high school football game, and body doesn't look like it did when they were 18. Lots of, lots of Bud Light consumption. I'm saying Bud Light on purpose. So they're going, and they're still hoping somebody asks them in the crowd, hope somebody still recognizes them back from 1993 when they were a high school football star and their life ended because they're actually living in their positive, what they deem to be positive, delusional past. Most Christians, and I've told you this a dozen times, but I'm gonna tell you again, they come up to me and they say, yeah, Tom, you know, I remember back in, you know, something rock church and whatever, Boone, Egypt, Tennessee, whatever it is. Man, we had a revival back in, you know, 1991. It's great. I'm like, that's 32 years ago, dude. 33 years ago. What, what happened? But in their mind, that's the accomplishment of a lifetime. That's it. And they just hold on. They're just pickaxing again and hanging on. The miraculous should be a lifestyle for each and every person in this room. No matter what, now you can get into specific gifts and specific callings. And those people are gifted in that specific area. But you and I, no matter where, it's like Andrew Walmack says, he will tell you, I'm not a worker of miracles. I'm not an evangelist. I am a teacher. He operates in the teaching ministry while raising the dead. Now there's other people who are workers of miracles because they aren't available because they're too cool for school and they're probably following some sort of false love narrative that tells people to accommodate sickness, illness, and disease instead of removing the mountain. So they're not available, so the teacher has to come in and do it. Still quiet, it gets in here. Could that be you? That you're supposed to be laying hands on the sick and seeing them raised up. You're supposed to be winning thousands and thousands of people but it's not happening, so other people have to go in and do it for you. People who aren't even called to that specific area, so they gotta have sort of an overlapping gifting. We have to use a teacher to raise the dead because the dead raisers aren't available because they think it would be offensive to tell somebody, you know what, I wanna lay hands on you and make you well. Well, I'd believe that it's just a test of God to bring humility. It's not a Bible verse. Why would you ever live by something that's not a Bible verse? Teaching you humility. Where's that in the Bible? Go ahead, meet me at the door. It ain't there. I know it's not there. You know why? I've read the Bible. You know I know what's in the Bible, what's not in the Bible? I read the Bible. Most Christians who claim things that are in the Bible that aren't, they never read it. I've been in debates with a family member of mine. Claims this and claims that, and I just start rattling off Bible verses, and I'm like, what do you, where, what do you believe in? What, where are you getting this knowledge from? It's not knowledge. It's nothing more than a fart. It's gas that's flowing between your ears. It's nothing. It's your feelings, which mean nothing. 
But most Christians struggle with their positive past, not their negative. They've jettisoned their negative. But they won't jettison the positive. I remember back in 1987, there was a revival in Inglewood Assembly of God, Northport Assembly of God, whatever. But lovely. Most of those people are dead. What are you doing with the living? What did the Jews struggle with? Positive past or negative past? They struggle with their positive past. Their affiliations with past prophets and past leaders. And when Messiah came, they couldn't recognize him. And those that did rejected him. Well, we believe in Moses. We, we, we believe in the law. I'm coming to set you free from the law. But they would rather hold on to what they deem to be their positive past. That's why there's, there's struggles coming for people. Maybe in this room, there's struggles coming for you when your kids leave. Your whole life is those kids, and they're gonna go. You can't hold on. They're gonna go. And there's parents that try to manipulate them, try to keep them there, whatever. It's like trying to force somebody to like you. That works out well. You know what that's called? Stalking. Why won't you like me? Because you're weird, dude. The moment you start stalking somebody, you can pretty much forget about the romance. She doesn't like you. You move on. But these kids, the kids, they're going to go. But their parents are rooted in those kids. And when they're gone, they live in the positive past. When are you guys going to come and visit? Yeah. And I know, listen. I told Tommy this recently. I said, you know, I'm just not that great of a person. I, you know, I, I wish I was a better, I, you know, whatever. But for me, I'm like, I don't ever sit there and go, um, when are you guys going to be home? <laughs> I mean, they're, 20, they're 25 and 23, and they come and go as they please. They're both dating people and everything else now. So I'm like, they come and go. I don't go, oh, um, I do ask them where they're going because I'm hoping that maybe they can buy me a treat. <laughs> but other than that, Norma's dating somebody who lives in Tampa, so I'm like, there's a Krispy Kreme up there. And, they, and that's the, not, not the delivery trucks, I'm talking about they're cooking them. When I was in Orlando, Aaron, Naz, me, and Tommy all got in the truck, drove to what used to be Colonial, I don't know what they call it now, but got, found the live Krispy Kreme store in, in Tampa, in Winter Park. You watch them all go through the grease, and you're like, man, I shouldn't eat that. I'm like, I don't think that at all. I'm like, put up some more grease on that thing. Cover it, then cover it with a bunch of chocolate and glaze for me. Dip them right in front of you. It's like, mm, my. I'll eat, I'll eat 12 of them right now. <laughs> but I don't sit there and go, um, when are you going to come see your dad? You know, if they want, people will do what they want to do. This is, I have not preached this message at all. I just want to apologize to everybody. It's 1144. I'm going to be praying over people and 
I don't know, 30 minutes or so, so you'll be out of here by 1230. I'm just telling you, I haven't preached the message, so you know, I'll preach whatever I can get to. But this is fun. I'm having fun. You guys are my, you guys are my, this is, you guys are my weekly psychiatric appointment. But I don't, I don't sit there. I, I'm doing my own thing. They're 22 and 25, not eight. So I just move on. They want me, they want me. They don't, they don't. Nobody talks to me in the house. <laughs> don't misunderstand me. What I mean by that is nobody talks to me first. They all go to hope first. Everybody goes to hope before they talk to me. Everyone's scared to talk to me. I'm like, I don't know why you're scared to talk to me. They're, and hope's gone. They're not scared. What is it? Go ahead. What is it? Go ahead, Tom. It's okay. Okay, they don't want to listen to the long dissertation. All right, hopeless, I'm telling you what Hope's saying. So that she, a lot of people get mad at me at the door and they're, they're defending Hope. Hope, it's okay, you were great, you were great. He says you were too long in the announcements. You were great. All right, we, okay, great, fantastic. So just give Hope her platform here. And she said, my kids don't want to listen to my half hour long dissertations about whatever subject matter they're coming to me with. And that I don't listen, I just rattle on. <laughs> okay, so there you go. But you know, here's the thing. They, Hope told me that recently. And a lot of you would have stayed up all night going, oh my gosh, my kids don't like me. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and that actually makes me attractive. As I'm actually really close with both of my kids. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that if you, the best way to attract people is to not care what they think. Yeah. Anybody single in here, shout amen. Okay, if you want to attract a spouse, don't care about ever getting one. I'm telling you. That's how it works. I know today ended up being kind of a, what's that guy's name? Anthony uh, the guy who does all the positive stuff. What's his name? Anthony, this is kind of an Anthony Robbins Foundation Church meeting today. Hey, I'll make it Foundation Churchy for you. Ready? If you're living in sin, you're going to die and go straight to hell. <laughs> there you go. So you need to repent today at the altar call. All right? There you go. But all the rest of it's been kind of a positive, like, uh, life, uh, I don't know, life application message today. But, but then, if you, if you want to be attracted to people, don't be needy and don't care what they think. I mean, look at how mean I am. Look at all the people here. Because everybody in this room is firmly convinced, I don't care what you think. And you're right. <laughs> Tom, I really think that this ought to change at the church. I don't care. God tells me to change it, I'll change it. If he doesn't, I ain't changing nothing. God hasn't told me to change, God hasn't told me to change anything. People have told me you need to, you know, soften down the message a little bit. And, you know, no, no, God didn't tell me to do that, so I'm not doing it. You maybe ought not to say cram things up your caboose. God didn't tell me to not say it. God appears to be okay with caboose. I, drop, I start dropping A-bombs from up here, God's gonna, not going to like that. Caboose, nice, sanitized, Caboose. Let me preach a little bit of this message before we go home. So let me give you, let me give you some, 
tactical steps. It's all found in, in Philippians chapter three, seven through 16. I probably won't get past this, although this is page two of the message right now. These are the tactical steps to greatness. If you don't do these seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 10 verses, you are never gonna operate in the miraculous. You're gonna stay exactly where you are. And you can go to heaven that way. Is that good enough for you? It's not good enough for me. As mean as people think that I am, I'm not. I actually want to win the loss. I don't want people going to hell. I don't want people aborted. I actually want everybody to live and be saved. So people can say whatever they want about delivery or anything else. I don't care. I actually have great compassion for humanity. I want them to be saved. Even the ones, listen, even when I talk about the garden gnome Hitler. That's what he needs to hear. Anthony Fauci needs to hear that he's a garden gnome Hitler. Because that's what he is. He needs to hear it. That's exactly, it's like Jesus. What, what did he say to the religious elite of the day? And you need to remember that the Sanhedrin, the combination of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were not only the religious elite of the day, they were also, also the governing authority just under the Roman Empire. So when you sit there and you call the governing authority, i.e., even though I can't, I barely, it makes me vomit in my throat to say anything like Anthony Fauci is a governing authority because that's disgusting, but... But when you will say to the governing authority, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones who are all sons of hell. You're willing to say that and you're worried about me saying garden gnome Hitler? It wakes people up. That's exactly what the Pharisees and Sadducees need to hear. They need to hear their whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness and sons of hell. They need to hear it. They need to hear that you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. I mean, how would you feel if someone came up and said, hey, you know who's your father? Satan. Like Dana Carvey. Satan. For those of you born in the 60s and watched Saturday Night Live in that era. You're like, Tom, where do you glean your knowledge from? Various sources. <laughs> Here's the steps. Starting in, we're in Philippians chapter three, starting in verse seven. But whatever was to my prophet, my good past, my accolades, people love me. You're not here to be loved. You're here to love. Very different. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Some people are so concerned with their own self-image and their own self-history, they won't acknowledge the truth about it. They won't say, I screwed it up. There's fruit that you did, so you ought to acknowledge that you did. The fruit's right there on the ground. Screw up. And I'm not talking about you on the whole, necessarily. Some of you on the whole are a mess. And then some of, some of us are messes in areas. That would be me. On the whole, no. Had some success in life. But there's pockets of my life that are a federal disaster area. And you need to acknowledge it and not be going, you know what? Uh, I would rather live in delusion. Whatever was to my profit. Delusion is to your profit. You now count it as lost. 
What's true is true. Stop telling yourself that you're Christian of the year when you never win a soul. Count it as lost. That's what I had to do. I had to say 50 out of 55. I had to come under pastoral authority. Do you think that I'm easy to pastor? I mean, seriously, do, do you? Uh, oh, go, give me an honest opinion. Do you think I'm easy to pastor? So, yeah, I got one yes from Jeff, I think. I needed an RHB. I needed Rodney Howard Brown. He came up to me. I was, I was at a wedding at the river on, what was it, Friday? Friday? And you know, he comes up to me, and I'm talking to two of his assistants, and that I know, that I've dealt with a couple times, and don't let me forget about what he said, because I'm going to tell a little side story. Rodney Howard Brown said to me, I'm okay. And so I'm talking to one of his assistants named Elizabeth, and she was, she was kind of, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, marveling at something that I did. Now you're like, oh, what'd you do? Like, you must have you know, raised the dead to get sight to the blind. No, this is what I did. I, <laughs> I was laughing. I was supposed to be at an event. And so I showed up at an event, and they were holding a seat for me. All right, so I'm supposed to be there at like seven, and I showed up at like 8.27. I know, I told you, I told my son I need to be a better person. So I showed up, and Elizabeth was there waiting for me because when Pastor Rodney tells you to hold a seat, when the chairman of the board tells you to hold a seat, you hold the seat. And like, I was kind of a pain in her rear end because of it not showing up on time. It was that when Ankit was preaching in Sarasota, I knew when he was going to take the stage, so I was showing up right at the moment that he was taking the stage. I know it's terrible. I get, I, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, I might scream and yell at you, telling you you go to hell, but I'm not going to lie to you. But so I show up there, and she goes, oh, and I said, man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, she goes, I know you're busy. And I, I said, no, I wasn't busy. I was watching TV. <laughs> That's what she marveled at. Because a lot of the pastors and preachers are pretentious. Oh, yes. You look like a walrus. You look like a walrus trying to mate. No, just tell the truth. I wasn't busy. I wasn't praying. I wasn't doing a visitation. Nothing. I was watching TV and probably eating caramel popcorn. <laughs> so she was kind of marveling at that, and I just said to her, I don't have any idea why God would have me pastor at church. <laughs> and Pastor Rodney heard it, and he goes, I know why. You don't dare say that stuff. And he wasn't being like, he was just he was smiling, but he was like, but he's still, it's, he's correcting you. He goes, I know why, and you need to keep doing what you're doing. Okay. He wasn't even, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that he was paying attention. He was kind of floating around talking to people. I didn't know he was paying attention. But he doesn't let me get away with nothing. And he's, he's like, I can't even get this guy to call me. I'm terrible. I told you. So all you guys that feel bad because you're my friends and I don't call you, I don't call Rodney Howard Brown. I can call him, I can call him anytime I want. I can call him anytime I want. He's my, I mean, he is a good friend of mine. I mean, but I don't call him. I don't call anybody. He, I can't get this guy to call me. The only time he shows up is for this or for that. I'm like, but I'm there at every conference, though, Pastor. I'm there at every conference. I'll be there. I'll be at the conference. And he's like, yeah, that's true. I said, just all you got to do, Pastor, is say, because he, he literally cooks the best ribeyes on the planet. 
Him and Jeff Tomas are neck and neck. Jeff cooks a mean ribeye. But he cooked, I mean, prime. And he has his own cows, so he's slaughtering cows now. He's got like tons of ribeyes. I said, just put me on the ribeye calendar. I'll be there. Amen. The only time, he said, he goes, the only time I get to see this guy is when I tell him I'm going to cook him a ribeye. And he's there. He'll come to my house, and I came to his boat, and we had ribeyes. So he, listen, I had to be willing to change. I had to be willing to do things that were the opposite of what I felt was correct because there is a way that seems right to a man. Me being alone seems right. It does, because I'm kind of a solitary person. I don't really hang around with a lot of people. I don't have parties. The only parties that's happened in my life recently was when Hope did a surprise 50th birthday party for me. And to be honest with you, no offense to those of you that were there, if, I don't, there's not many of you that are left at the church from that time, but... <laughs> That was five years ago, and a lot of those people were part of the 40% of the church that left because I wasn't compassionate enough about COVID. Why are you laughing? <laughs> um, but literally, when, when, we, when I walked into the surprise birthday party, and everyone goes, surprise! I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, now, I literally went, I went, now I gotta socialize for the next three hours. I thought it was done for the night. We'd gone to Prime, we had a family dinner, my family was here, my mom had come, my aunt had come, my cousin, these people very close to me, came. I'm like, we're done for the night. Because that's good for me. I'm like, six, you know, I think we probably were at prime early, so probably five to eight, I'm done for the night. I'm done. I'll go now, spoon with the dog for a couple hours, and then we'll go walking. I'm done for the night. We walked in, surprise, because I'm usually, I've, I, I know when a surprise party's gonna happen. I, usually, I, didn't get, I didn't know it all. I had no idea. Boom! And I'm like, oh, man. It's seven o'clock, this thing's gonna last at least till 11. I got four hours of having to circulate through the room. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about with that, no? But anyway. Uh, let me go through these steps in the waning moments. Verse eight. So we've already, whatever was to your prophet, how many want to operate in the miraculous now? Okay, you know, you're going to have to, whatever was to your prophet, you have to count as loss. Unless the prophet is through what you've gained in Christ. That you don't jettison. But everything else, religiosity, past accomplishments, good past, bad past, gone. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. You may lose every friend you've ever had when you get saved. And I can guarantee you this, you will lose every friend you've ever had if you try to pastor them. Now people I've befriended post being their pastor, we're good. People who I knew prior to that, I'm talking about close personal friendships, close personal ones, not people I just knew that are now coming to this church. You will lose them all. And you have to be willing to do it. And I, again, I have to temper all of this for the weird people in the room. Because you're gonna have to ask yourself, do people run for me because I'm preaching the gospel or do people run for me because it's me? There's just so many weirdo Christians. You don't have to be weird. Talk normal. 
Don't put THs on the back end of everything. Talk normal. Witness normal. Have a normal conversation. Not every butterfly that goes by is an angelic being trying to speak to you. It's an insect. I know Hebrews 13 too. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. It's a bug! <laughs> and in Florida, you're gonna see five million snakes. They're snakes, they're not Satan. <laughs> Stop being weird. I always tell people, and people come up to me at the door, yeah, Tom, I've lost all my friends too, and I can't say it to them at the door, although I know them, I can't say it to them there, because I'm surrounded by people. And I want to say, no, it's because you're freaking weird. You're a freaking weirdo. And just so everybody, I always have to cover this too. Freaking is not a substitute for the F word. It has its own definitive definition in the Webster's Dictionary. That's my Christian cussing is freaking. I had to drop the F word. I, sometimes I miss it, but I had to drop it. I mainly only miss the S word and the A word, especially the A word. Dumb A, smart A, I would like to use those regularly, but I don't. They're right there on the tip of my tongue. Various other applications of the A word, too, for certain people. But it all has to go. Everything. People are holding on to past hurts because you feel like you're honoring somebody. You're like, well, this person passed away, that person. I'm not talking about we have a family in the front row right here, just lost somebody. It's time for mourning now. You have a time of mourning. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about if 10 years from now, you still use that as some sort of precipice in your life, the motivator in your life, oh, I really was brokenhearted at that time. And I, no, you have to let it go. You have to let that person go. You have to let that event go. There's people who are victimized, even sexually. You have to let it go. But instead, what do they do? They form groups about it. Victims of sexual abuse meet at the Victims of Sexual Abuse Bible Study. You will never see that here. Why? Because I don't think, listen, I was a cop for 25 years. I dealt with people who were victims of sexual abuse, including rape victims and children who were raped. I understand. And there is healing that needs to take place. But if you were sexually abused when you were eight, and now you're 47, and that's the excuse that you use to be a turd to your husband? You need to be applying these verses. That's why you're not a solid believer. You haven't jettisoned the past. That's why you can't operate in the power of his resurrection. Because you're living in the past. You have to let it go. I have all kinds of people who have trampled on me and betrayed me. Pastor of church, they will betray you. Oh, you know, this is the greatest church I've ever seen. One week later, <laughs> that's why some of you probably like, man, he didn't really respond as big as I thought he would when I told him, you know, we're really sold out and this is the greatest church I've ever been to. You know how many times I heard that? And the next week I know I'm reading about me on Facebook and what a devil I am. In verse nine, I'm, I'm looking at the clock so everybody can relax. I got it. I got it. You got about 11 minutes to go. And I'm gonna stop preaching, then we're gonna pray. So everybody good? Yeah. All right. How many of you would rather go longer? 
<laughs> Verse 9, and be found in him. So after you've left everything behind, and look at me now, everything. Be clean, be free. Chinese proverb, let go or get dragged. <laughs> There's my cop. There's Dave over here. Cops in the room. I'm sorry, I shouldn't point him out. I can't help it. But and whenever you point out a cop or an attorney, people come up to him. Hey, can I ask you a legal question? <laughs> no, don't bother him, okay? That's my friend. Leave him alone. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah, law enforcement. Thank you. You're awesome. I, never, I marvel at the videos, and there's other cops in this room. I'm not going to point you out. I've already ruined Dave's day. So I marvel at the videos, a couple of different videos that I look at. I mean, different, I'm talking about uh, uh, different subject matter videos, but I mean, one of the, some of them that I marvel at were cops, first of all, they keep telling the person to do the same thing over, they keep saying, sir, stand still, sir, stop, sir, stop. For me, you're on the clock. When I was a cop, you got three. I need you to sit down. I need you to sit down. And I had it in my mind, that's number two. I need you to sit down. And that third one, put your hands behind your back. That's it, and, I don't, and I'm not messing around. I'll give you a couple shots, and that's it. So I watch cops do it 47 times. But the ones that, really, that I really marvel at are cops that try to hang on to cars that are, that are speeding away from them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> You're going to stop? I mean, they dig in their head. They dig in their, their legs. <laughs> Thing's got 150 horsepower in it. That's a small car. 100, 100 horsepower. You got your thighs. 150 horses? Let it go. You have their tag number. You saw the person. Go to the judge and get a warrant. Fill out a capius and get a warrant for the guy. Get him later. <laughs> Let go or get dragged. I ain't getting dragged. See you later. People was like, didn't you just hate it when you didn't make the arrest that night? I'm like, I know who they are. I'll go get them later. Deal? They're not going anywhere. There's no, you can't run from a warrant. Good luck. <laughs> Anybody ever runs your name? Hello, Mr. Warrant. That's how, by the way, you're allowed to use warrants as ID if you're an illegal alien. We covered on the podcast. That's one of the ways they, you're allowed, that's, that's like their, we, you and I have to show ID, they have to show their warrants. Not warrants like, oh, you have a warrant, we're gonna arrest you. No, oh, that's your warrant, now we know who you are. Go off, we got a condo for you. Verse nine, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Here it is, eight minutes to go. I want to know Christ. This, is how, this was the beginning of this message and kind of the end of this message series, right here. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Who preaches that? Who preaches knowing Christ in terms of knowing his power. So know his compassion. Know his lambness, but none of his lion. He's the lamb of God, and he's also the lion of? 
So you ought to have both. Someone comes up to me today and says, I have a need. If I can meet it, I'll meet it. That's being a lamb. Someone comes up to me and says, you know what? I am living a sinful lifestyle. Then the lion has to come out and say, if you live that way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then the lion comes. You have to be both. And be found in him not having my own righteousness. First, oh, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Sharing in his sufferings. What does that mean? Sickness, illness, disease, and poverty? No. Was that his sufferings? Look at the verse. His sufferings. Not what you think is suffering. His sufferings. What was his sufferings? What was it? There's only two. What were they? Because you're supposed to share in his sufferings. What were his sufferings? Two things, persecution and martyrdom. That's it. Not sickness, illness, disease, bad marriages, depression, anxiety, sadness. He didn't suffer those things, so neither should you. You should be suffering persecution while profiting, which will cause them to persecute you more because they hate that you're winning. Donald Trump said that in a recent uh, town hall meeting. My, my retribution will be success. That's how life should be. I'm not trying to, it's, Romans chapter 12, verse 19, who takes vengeance, you or God? Vengeance isn't our business, I told you. Listen, I wish vengeance was mine. I do, because listen, I like vengeance. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. I told you. I'm not going to lie to you. Vengeance, I wish, Romans chapter 12, verse 19, wasn't it? Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for his written vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. He repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Oh, what kind of, that's not the Bible. That's not the Jesus I know. That's because you're following a Pharisaic cultism. That's, that's Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 10. He repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. So all those baby butchers and vaccine pimps and whores, get ready. Because he's going to repay you to your face. As all those vaccines were, is, a, is an abortion after you were born. 17 million documented excess deaths since 2021, so far. It's a little slight increase. A little slight, slight increase. 17 million people that didn't used to die are now dying. Why all the idiots on Capitol Hill are still pimping and whoring this thing. And if those of you who are over the age of 65, they're trying to get you to take number eight. Well, politics, politics. Dead people are not politics. Dead people are dead people. I, don't, I will not denigrate their memory by calling them politics. I won't do it. I won't do it. Is that the new baby? We got the new baby? Hey, come on up here. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's all right. Come on. Up. Come on. Up. You need to bring your new babies. When you, when, you, when you have them, you need to bring them up here. I want to show everybody your new babies. Come on up. 
Look at that. Look at the baby. Hey, Scotty, help her up the stairs, would you? Help her up the stairs. Just hold her elbow there. There you go. Good. There you go. Awesome. Oh, look at this. Come on up. You guys get as close in as you can. Well, get as close in as you can so that everybody can see her. Give, give us the name. Speak right. Caleb Justine. We're calling her CJ. CJ. There she is. Look at her. Oh. Can I give her a kiss? Yeah. Okay. I love you. I love you. I will be your favorite. Congratulations, these guys, right? Amen. Love, love you guys. Awesome. CJ. Help him down, Scotty. Thank you very much. Awesome. I love, I love that. Thank you for making the church bigger. <laughs> that's our, true, that's our tr church growth plan. Some of you need to get busy. Some of you need to get some things untied. <laughs> get back in there. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> All right, I got two minutes. I got to try to keep my word. I'm always watching the clock. So how many people actually preach Christ in terms of power instead of just compassion and just kindness? It's both. It's compassion, kindness mixed with power. Verse 11. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Here it is. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. When the Bible says one thing, and you need to concentrate on one thing, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here comes the correction and the finish. Worship team, make your way. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. What mind? All of what you just heard. Jettison the past. Press toward the mark for the prize. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. If you think otherwise, look what it tells you. Therefore, let us, uh, therefore let us as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Last verse, and I'm done. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Told you, you already have it. All you got to do is melt the ice wall of unbelief through the heat of your works. That's it. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. There you go. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I kept my word for the, there you go, for the record. Kept my word, 1215. See, a lot of you get really serious during this time. You shouldn't get serious. You should get prayerful. You should be speaking in tongues right now. Don't get, don't get all like solemn. Because I said every head bowed, every eye closed. It's just to give people privacy. It's not for you to become solemn. Do you need to get your life right with God this afternoon? Do you need to? What does it mean to get your life right with God? Maybe you were saved, but now you are living in sin. And say struggling with sin, you're living in sin. You need to get your life right because you're living in a hell-bound condition right now. You need to get your life right with God right now. Maybe you've never been saved, or maybe you're a fake Christian. How do you know whether you're a fake Christian? You claim Christianity, but you're living in sin. That's fake Christianity. A lot of people call that Christianity now. It's fake Christianity. 
I, I serve a Jesus that accommodates all my unrepentant sin. That's not a Bible verse. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not stain your sin because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's a false Christianity. Maybe you've never been saved. All salvation means is that Jesus takes all of your sin upon his shoulders. He becomes what is called in 1 John chapter 4, in 1 John chapter 2, the propitiation for your sins. He comes in and he says, you know what? I was a spotless lamb. I was a sinless lamb. And I went and paid your price for you. And got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So you never have to go there. He paid your credit card debt for you. All you have to do is by faith receive that. And part of receiving that by faith is to turn from your old life. Turn from your sin. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, and you're ready to get your life right with God, now is your moment. Right at this very moment, now is that time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Not tomorrow, now. So if that's you, I want you to not sheepishly, sheepishly raise your hand. Nobody's looking but me. It's between me, you, and God. If you're ready to get your life right, boldly raise your hand into the air right where you're at. Come on, get them up there. Come on. You know it's you. Got you. Looking from my left to right. I got you. I got you. Got you. Got you. You can put them down. I got you. Bless you. Those of you that, that raised your hand, the entire church is going to pray this prayer with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not bringing you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. Doing nothing. You're going to stay right where you're at, and the entire church is going to pray this prayer with you. You pray it. You mean it. You're forgiven. You're saved. Everybody in this room, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life. From this day on, in Jesus' name. Church shouts, 